0: Been the hand of the Lord, yeah. Amen. Amen. Only He can do what He's done, Amen. We'll let you be seated this morning, Amen. Y'all will be dismissed. It's Good to be in the house of the Lord, Amen. Just wanted to update you on a few things that's been going on. As you know, Brother Tim's not here this morning, and he uh, went on a mission this weekend. Um, last weekend, I was up in uh, Missouri. Ministering in a little church there, and Brother Eric Reeks, and and uh, was driving left. Was driving home on Monday morning, and just came really strong on my heart to call my my father and talk to him about things and about Brother Ron and the situation that was taking place there, and and to tell him, you know, we just had made the decision not to go to Japan and to the Philippines that right now has been postponed. Actually, it's not canceled, but postponed to. Uh, June, so we'll just be praying about that. The first of June, uh, we're looking to go there still, and uh, we're just believing Brother Ron's going to go with us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's the kind of God I serve. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, but Monday morning, really feeling the urge and the unction to tell him that I, uh, you know, I really felt he needed to go be with Brother Ron this weekend, and and uh, he would soon thereafter decide to go and to buy tickets to to go and. And they arrived there on um, uh, Thursday morning. They left out right after, uh, you know, the Wednesday, Thursday left out to go there. Um, it was to be a surprise for Brother Ron. Nobody was. I think the whole world seemed to know, but he didn't know somehow. But anyway, was able to keep it that way. And but he did wake up. I think on Monday or Tuesday, Brother. I think it was Tuesday. Brother Andrew texted me. Said this guy. He said he'd come up this morning and told me, he said, I really feel like some of my friends are about to come see me. And so he, he kind of had a little unction there himself. But, you know, as they would, they would come to the uh, uh, airport to meet them, it was just a very emotional moment, as you can imagine. He had been getting uh, a lot of bad news in the last few weeks, just every week. And, and, uh, but they would, they would go there to the, to the airport and meet my father and sister Karen and uh, they would have a quite an embrace and a moment there together, uh, uh, as as Brother Ron was just overwhelmed uh, by the, by what was taking place. And he had actually got up that morning and and just as he would pray, he would say, "Lord, I need a boost. I need I need something today to just because he just kept getting bad news after bad news. And and he said, "Wow, what a boost." He said, when your buddy comes to see you like that. And then they would, they would get in the car and go home and go to Brother Ron's. And, and the, uh, a brother there, uh, one of the nephews of Brother Ron, I believe it is, um, or actually Sister Connie, had opened the door. And when they walked in, he had let Brother Donnie and Sister Carol in there. So they was in the house waiting on them. And they began to talk about the things of God. And God came on the scene and, and just came into the place. And they knelt down and prayed. And uh, curse that devil. And I believe the healing is taking place Amen. even now. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> we got this from Brother Ron today. He said this week the doctors have declared that mast, mast melanoma cancer is in the lymph nodes in both lungs. Through surgical biopsy. Two different procedures. They have asked me to see the oncologist on Tuesday this week coming for treatments, treatment recommendations. But he said, Here's God's report. On Thursday morning, I got down on my knees and I asked God for a boost. Eight weeks of bad news each week, worse and worse, but God was already on the move. Brother Joe Green was able to come to every surgery. Very thankful for that. But Thursday afternoon, I was surprised with two of God's angels. Brother Tim Pruitt and Brother Donnie Reagan and wives, wow, wow, wow. Thursday evening, we had a prayer meeting. He came in the house. He made a doctor's visit. He brought us a touch that only he can bring, only God can bring peace and calm troubled waters. I ask you to continue to pray for us on this journey. God is in control. I cannot thank them enough for taking the time to share their strength in this battle, but we shall see miracles. This morning, I reported to my wife and Brother Tim, I feel like a new man. Amen. Amen. That's our God this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Tim, he spoke last night at Brother Ron's church. um, On whose report do you believe? also begin to be again speaking tonight but here's a testimony from that service a sister had sent this in this is to me a miracle it's so amazing how you, you can't out, out I don't even know how words to put this into my into 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 saying but you can't outthink or out guess God he's got a perfect plan But this sister sent this in. She said, Dr. Yu is an international correspondent affairs professor and has several Ph.D. titles. He's originally from Tokyo, Japan, but has lived in the United States for 25 years. He's an alumni of Penn State who taught three classes I had during my graduate studies. He's a philosopher and has always said, you must have scientific evidence to prove anything. BUT THE DISSERTATION FOR ENGLISH LITERATURE HAD ALREADY BEEN ACCEPTED AND I WAS VERY THANKFUL AND WE HAD YEAR-END REVIEW ON MONDAY AND TUESDAY AND I SHARED WITH HIM THAT con- CONTRARY TO MANY OPINIONS, THE SUPERNATURAL OCCURRED SEVERAL TIMES IN HISTORY WITHOUT sin- SCIENTIFIC UNDERSTANDING. I USED SEVERAL EXAMPLES IN THE BIBLE, no, in THE ART, REGARDLESS OF SCIENTIFIC PROOF, IT RAINED 40 DAYS AND NIGHT. God shut the door, not Noah. Another example was Joshua and the sun standing still. And the question was asked how when scientific research says there had to be movement, I I stated, I don't know how God did it. I just know it happened. He said, but before leaving the campus, I shared that I would be at JMU, which is a college there nearby Brother Ron, visiting special friends and church family in Elkton. I shared the YouTube link and expressed you could check out online, this out online, and you will be blessed and encouraged. But la- So last night during the service, my phone kept vibrating. I knew it must be urgent as my family knew I was in church. So I checked my phone. It was Dr. Yu. He had decided to check out the YouTube link and heard Brother Pruitt's comments about Joshua and the son standing still. And he shared that he was so overwhelmed by a presence that came in his room that he fell on his knees and gave his heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. He was thankful that the Lord understood him as he had never prayed. He had never prayed. He asked me, what should I do next? I replied, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he quickly said that he knew someone who could do that. So thankfully, so, th- so I'm so thankful to share the good news with others. We're looking for the last one. I'm thankful that our cro- paths crossed. Who knew I would complete my graduate studies and would encourage him to listen to the truth? God knew, and I'm so thankful. Brother Tim writes this this morning. He said, as you all know, I was supposed to be leaving to minister in Japan, but God had other plans, and he sent me on a mission, and while here, God has saved a Japanese professor. This is an incredible miracle. I just think it's so amazing. I forfeited going to Japan to come here, and God still saves a Japanese. Answering his question, discerning his heart, and he's experienced salvation. What a mighty God, whose vision we're walking in. Like Philip leaving a meeting to minister to one man, the ministry continues. Amen. Hallelujah. So what shall we say? We're writing another book of Acts. Amen. Hallelujah! You know, when you speak sometimes feeling the anointing of God, the devil loves to come and whisper in your ear and just say, well, you just made all that up. You just kind of got a little feeling, got a little excited. But when God comes behind it and backs it up with healing and salvation, that'll shut the mouth of the enemy. Hallelujah. We are writing another book of Acts. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Let's just go to him in prayer. How many would have a need? You don't want to just talk to the Lord for a moment and say, God, come by my way and speak to my heart. Let's just all pray together as we thank the Lord for this wonderful testimony of this healing and this salvation. Amen. This is just the beginning. God is doing something wonderful. Lord Jesus, we just come to you today, Lord, with our hearts open to you. Lord, just asking, Father, there be anything that we've done that you'd forgive us, wash us, cleanse us by your blood. Lord, we're so thankful to hear, Father, this healing that has taken place in our brother Ron. Lord, no matter what science says, what the doctor says, but when Dr. Jesus comes in the room, Lord, the angel of God to minister and and to bring your ministering spirits, Lord, to raise us up in times of need and situations of our lives. God, we're just so thankful, Lord, for this this report. And we believe this report. We believe believe the report of God this morning that said, By your stripes, he's healed. And, Lord, in the middle of it all, Lord, you to bring salvation, Lord, to a heart that never prayed to you, know, know nothing about you. But, God, the presence of God to come into his room and convict him and him fall on his knees. What a mighty God we serve. Lord, it ought to so stir us this morning to realize our God fights for us. It may seem like everything's falling apart. It may seem like the boat's going down. It may seem like waves are crashing on every side, but our God fights for us. Lord, this morning we commit these hands that were raised in this building. You know every heart, you know every need, you know every situation. We just ask that you would come and touch each one, we pray. Move in a mighty way, Father. We invite you to come. We invite you to be the most welcome guest here today, Lord. Lord, and not just a guest, but Lord, somebody that feels welcome. Lord, part of the family of God. We love you and thank you for all those things. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let's turn to Revelations 1 and verse 1. Amen. I'd just like to continue on this thought of the Lord as a man of war. The Lord is a man of war. Revelations 1 and verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servant things, which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth. Are you blessed this morning? Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those sayings which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And John said, to the, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come, from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Oh, my AMEN. BEHOLD, HE COMETH WITH CLOUDS, AND EVERY EYE SHALL SEE HIM, AND they ALSO WHICH PIERCED HIM, AND ALL KINDREDS OF ALL THE EARTH SHALL WAIL BECAUSE OF HIM, EVEN SO, AMEN. I AM ALPHA AND OMEGA, THE BEGINNING AND THE ENDING, SAITH THE LORD. WHICH IS, WHICH WAS, AND WHICH IS TO COME, THE ALMIGHTY. AND I, JOHN, WHO ALSO AM YOUR BROTHER AND COMPANION IN TRIBULATION. AND IN KINGDOM AND PATIENCE OF JESUS CHRIST, WHICH WAS IN THE ISLE THAT IS CALLED PATMOS, FOR THE WORD OF GOD AND FOR THE TESTIMONY OF JESUS CHRIST. I WAS IN THE SPIRIT ON THE LORD'S DAY, AND HEARD BEHIND ME A GREAT VOICE, AS OF A TRUMPET, SAYING, I AM ALPHA, and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest write in the book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, unto Laodicea. And I turned and, see, and turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks was one like unto the Son of Man. Clothed in a garment down to the foot and girt around about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were like white, like wool and as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like undefined brass as they were burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp, two edged sword. And his countenance were as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Amen. Let me let you be seated today. AS WE LOOK AT THIS PICTURE OF THE SON OF MAN CLOTHED WITH A GARMENT DOWN TO HIS FOOT AND GIRD ABOUT THE pounce WITH A GOLDEN GIRDLE, HIS HEAD AND HIS HAIRS WERE LIKE WHITE WOOL, SIGNIFYING AS A JUDGE, uh, REPRESENTING A JUDGE AS WHITE AS SNOW, AND HIS EYES WERE AS FLAMES OF FIRE, AND HIS FEET WERE LIKE fine BRASS. IN OTHER WORDS, IT WAS VERY HEAVY. They were very big and bold. They were, ve- they were feet that were ready, amen, to stand upon anything that would rise up against it. AND AS THEY they BURNED IN THE FURNACE IN HIS FEET, AND HIS VOICE AS A SOUND OF MANY WATERS. AND HE HAD IN HIS RIGHT HAND SEVEN STARS, AND OUT OF HIS MOUTH WENT A SHARP TWO-EDGED SWORD. SO AS WE WILL READ LATER ON IN JOSHUA OF THE ANGEL THAT STOOD THERE, AND WE'VE READ IT HERE IN THE LAST COUPLE SERVICES, BUT THE ANGEL THAT STOOD THERE WITH A SWORD THAT WAS DRAWN. HE WAS SHOWING OR SIGNIFYING THAT HE HAD COME DOWN TO BE, AMEN, TO PLACE HIMSELF IN THE BATTLE. To place himself, Amen, with you or with Joshua, Amen. As we read here, he sent a message to all seven church ages. So we believe that we are in the Laodicea in the last church age. But he showed in this first, this first chapter of Revelations, showing very, Amen, significantly, significantly, and very openly that he was in every church age that it was not you trying to, or those through the to the church, seven church ages trying to battle along or trying to war by themselves, but he placed himself there with them. And, and he placed himself, amen, in, in, a, in a, uh, a posture of war, in a posture, amen, of supreme dominance, in a posture of supreme authority, amen, as authority as a judge, authority as a warrior, amen. And But not only did he do that, he also placed you as king, and priests, Amen. To have a dominion over something, you know, and, and you know, and as he would say here, I and he said it through here many times. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the first and the last. He was showing I'm the one who started the work. Is the one who's going to finish the work. And nowhere in between will I not be present, Amen. So nowhere where you're at, no matter where you're in your trouble, your tribulation, or your trial, just as he showed the the uh, 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 the Israelites as they would come to the wilderness, he, says, he t- said, I'm taking you out and I'm taking you in. I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the alpha, I'm the omega. Amen. He was showing, he was putting himself in every footstep along the journey. Right. He was putting himself in every situation in every day, every moment, every minute. Listen, this God is not a God somewhere, way off somewhere. Amen. So in the far distant land or some other galaxy, but he's showing you he's ever present help right now in the time of truth. Trouble, and he's saying, "I am He that was the that is the first and the last. I am He that liveth was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore." I, what was he speaking of? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection of the life. He came down to show he is a conqueror. Amen. He's come down to show that he was not to be conquered, but he was to conquer. Now, in his life as he lived ON here on earth, when we would look at him as he would go and he would willingly give himself to Pilate, he would willingly give himself to judgment, he would willingly give himself to the stripes on his back and the thorns upon his head and the nails on his feet and his hands, it looked like he was going down defeated. It looked like Satan had, was going to take him down into death just like he took any other man. But God has a greater plan. And as we've heard even this morning that even though times in our lives that looked like we're going to go down in destruction, it looks like our boat's about to go down, it looks like sickness is about to overtake us, God has a plan. And God has you from your first breath to your last breath. God has you from your first moments of time in life and things you go through and trials and trials tribulations at your face, he has you from the first moment to your last moment. Amen. You know, when he was here on earth, Adam's race had many fears, you know, they had fears and things and they still have them today. And Brother Brown said they shouldn't have them because Christ won it all at Calvary. He won the victory at Calvary. You know, when he was here on earth, he walked up to a sick man, and sickness had bound the human race. And he said, thou spirit, uh, thou devil, I charge thee, come out of the man. What was it? He came to conquer every devil. He came down not to be defeated. He came down to be victorious. He came down in human flesh to take on human battles, to know what you're going through this morning, to know the trials of your life, to understand what it's like for you to go through what you go through. He wanted to be a God of every day. He wanted to be a God of every moment. He wanted to be a God who could have compassion upon you and know what it's like to have a headache, know what it's like for your blood pressure to be up, know what it's like when your body's turning against you and things are happening. He wanted to know about it, so he came down to conquer every disease. And we see here when he was on earth, he would speak not to a he wouldn't say, you blood pressure or or you cancer or are you blindness or that." He would say, thou spirit. Thou devil. Amen. What was it? He was coming down to show us it's not a flesh and blood affair, but we we're fighting against principalities, against powers, up against all kind of darkness and high places. Amen. But he came to show us, amen, that we can be more than conquerors as he was. He conquered the devil when he laid at the grave of a dead man. He conquered death for the man or sickness, amen, or some kind of spirit that would overtake a maniac and just try to destroy destroy. destroy him. He came down to conquer him. He conquered the devil everywhere he met him. He conquered the devil everywhere he met him. And I want you to understand, he still does that today. He conquers the devil everywhere he meets him. If he meets him in a a church service or he meets him in a prayer line or he meets him in a living room and then cancer is trying to eat up a body, that devil has to be conquered and put under our feet. Hallelujah. He conquered the devil everywhere he met him and he not only conquered in himself, but he left the commission to you, the church, and said, you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. How could he put that in the scripture without backing up what he said? And I know they got scholars and social gospel preachers that want to say that that's not, amen, anointed anymore, but it's amazing what God can do with an unanointed scripture. Amen. If that's unanointed, it's amazing what God can do with an unanointed scripture. But I'm here to tell you, it is anointed. It came from the very voice of Almighty God, and as He would speak out of a flesh by a man named Jesus, and He would say, "You shall lay hands." I love how he said it. He, once again, as he would use the word all, he didn't put a bunch of clauses in there and say a preacher or a minister or an angel or this or that or something. You got to have so many PhD. He said you. Amen. How many yous do we have in the building? Hallelujah, amen, you shall lay hands. Ask anything in my name and I'll do it. So see what, he said, what, what, what needs to take place is you need to start fighting with what's in your hands. <laughs> do you realize when you have given your heart to God and you lay hands upon that, there's actually, amen, portions of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of God that flows from those hands and begins to move upon a sick person? Listen, it ain't that those hands that's been filled with the Holy Ghost is no different than the hands that stood on the brow of the boat and said, Peace be still. Hallelujah. It's the same power of God because it's his word working in his people. I know people got now so full of doubt and they don't want to do, they don't want to believe that all things are possible. Why? Because they're doubting themselves. But I'm here to tell you that it is everything is possible. You know, I got a call yesterday the other day from a young man, and he, he called me, and he just, he, he, he just had to move church because his pastor began to move away from the message. He said, I, I, I just had to call you. He said, because I, I went to Walmart, and I, I was at Walmart getting a few things, and I met this lady that was from the former church. And he said, you know, I I I, I, I began to we begin to talk, how you doing this, that, and the other. And the next thing you know, led one thing led to another. And she said, Well, we're just having brother Tim, brother, he's just having to get away from preaching the message because you know it's not producing overcoming life in young people. Oh really? and you know, as brother said, Yeah, I had to stop her. He said, I'll pay your gas. Come on. He said, Won't you drive to Louisiana to even light tabernacle? <laughs> He said, I'll show you a church where a message is producing, overcoming life in young people. He said, if you don't want to go there, you go to Brother Ron Spencer's, Brother Josh Bennett's, go wherever. He said, I'm telling you this message works. Hallelujah. He said, You know, he said, The reason why I had to leave the same place you're at, he said, because I thought I was, he said, I I didn't convince myself I was backslid. There wasn't no hope for me. It wasn't nothing I could do about it. He said, But then I began to realize I was hearing the wrong message. He said, Today I can see, I can be saved. My family can be saved. My daughters can be saved. My son can be saved because there is a message that works. Hallelujah! I know we're living in a day where these brothers and we call it a social gospel, making it more pleasing, making it more livable. Listen, this word of God is only livable by the Holy Ghost. You won't educate yourself into it. You won't get enough degrees to make yourself believe it. Amen. You won't, you know, met enough message theology. Sooner or later, somebody else smarter come along and talk you out of it. We're not interested in a social gospel. I'm interested in the same gospel Jesus preached. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, well, he said, what happened? He said, churches are uniting themselves, making it a social religion. He said, it's a terrible day. They're trying to take all the deity out of it, all the glory away from Christ, trying to make him just a prophet. If Christ was just a prophet, where are everyone lost? Listen, that's going on in message churches right now. Trying to make Jesus just another man, a prophet somewhere. Listen, if he's just a prophet, we're all lost. He died in vain. Come on now. But he was more than a prophet. A woman told him, you know, Brother Brown, there's one thing that I do not like about your speaking. And said, what is that? He said, you try to magnify Christ too much. You brag on him too much. You try to make him more than what he is. I said, if I had 10,000 languages, I could exhaust him and never explain what he really is. He's worthy of every praise that I could ever give him. And I want you to understand this message that we preach is not the message of William Branham. It's the message of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't know where people get the idea that we're preaching something other than Jesus. This message is Jesus. He showed himself all the way down through every church age, showing himself that he's in our midst. Hallelujah. She said, Well, I heard you say the platform. Uh, uh, You know, he said, If you, if he said, uh, she said, if I explained to you and proved to you by the word, he was just a man, you try to make him deity. I said, He was deity. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. If he is just a prophet, we're all lost. He said, I'll prove to you. Will you accept it? I said, sure, I will. If the Bible said it, I'll accept it. She said, well, when we went down to the grave of Lazarus, the Bible says he wept. If he'd have been deity, he couldn't weep. So that made him nothing but just an ordinary good man. I said, sister, your argument's no good at all. I said, you failed to see, you saw the man, but you failed to see the God in the man. I said, it's the truth. When he went down the grave of Lazarus, he wept like a man. But when he pulled those little shoulders back, and he pulled himself together, and he looked at the face of a dead man that had been on a journey for four days, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man stood to his feet again. That was more than a man speaking. That was the mighty conqueror. What happened? God had come down to fight Lazarus' battle. The dead man stood to his feet. That was God speaking through his son. He was a man, but when he came off the mountain that night, hungry, had nothing to eat, looked around in the fig tree to find something. He was a man when he was hungry, but when he took five biscuits and two little fish and fed 5,000, that was more than a man. That was God speaking. Hallelujah. Listen, I've heard man speak, but I've also heard God speak. And God speaking says it's going to be this way, and it happened. It still happened in our generation, in our church. Truly, he was a man when he was on the back of that little boat. 10,000 devils of sea swore they'd drown and flopping around there like a little bottle on a mighty sea. And the devil saying, now nah, we got him. But when he woke, mm, he put his foot on the braille of that boat and looked up and said, peace, be still. And the waves and the winds obeyed him. He was more than a man. He was a man when he called for mercy on the cross and he died like a man, but on Easter morning when the seals of the Roman government had tried to keep him in a tomb and he broke every seal and he rose again, that he might have died like a man, but he raised again like God. He was more than a man. He was God's mighty conqueror. And he said, oh, we should love him, how we should praise him, how we should love him as he loved us and gave himself for us, that we might be made more than conquerors. Amen. Listen, he didn't want to just conquer in one man. He wanted to come conquering many men. Here he was. He never preached a funeral. What a conqueror. I'm going to conquer this microphone in just a minute. He never preached a funeral. Death couldn't stay in his presence. How could death and life dwell together? They can't do it. That's the reason today when the church, listen to this, the church is born again of the Spirit of God, death and life can't hold together no more. Something takes place. Christ comes in and conquers our passion. He conquers our desire. He conquers all that's ungodly about us because he lives, we live also. I'm the resurrection and the life. Because he lives, we live also. He conquers everything that's ungodly. He already did it. It's laying in our hand just to receive it. We see him in his earthly ministry as a conqueror. Certainly do. But let's watch him after he died. He still went on conquering. Even in death he conquered. It didn't end at the grave. While he was in the grave, he was still conquering. THE BIBLE SAID HIS SOUL sinned IN HELL, AND HE PREACHED TO SPIRITS THAT WERE IN prison. THAT REPRESENTED THAT DID NOT REPENT IN THE LONG SUFFERING DAYS OF NOAH. I CAN SEE HIM AS HEAVEN AND EARTH TURNING BLACK, ROCKS BELCHING OUT, THE WHOLE HEAVEN'S GIVING UP AND JUST CRYING OUT AS HE WENT DOWN, DESCENDING DOWN TO THE LOST SOULS AND THOSE PEOPLE WHO LAUGHED AND MADE FUN OF ENOCH, WHO MADE FUN OF NOAH. I CAN HEAR HIM SAY, I AM THE ONE THAT NOAH ENOCH SAID WOULD COME WITH 10,000 OF HIS SAINTS. Why didn't you believe him? Why didn't you believe Noah? You're going to ask some people some same questions in this day. Everything I know that had to to know that he conquered when he shut the door on them and the days of mercy was over and on down to the lowest pits of hell he went and he knocked on those sooty doors of the devil's hell. And the devil came to the door and he said, well, here you are. After all, I sure thought I had you. When I killed the prophets, I sure I had you when John's head was cut off. But after all, now you're here. Oh, glory to God. The devil's an idiot because he didn't know he was in trouble at the moment. He said, I can hear him say if he's straightened himself up. And he said, Satan, I'm the virgin-born son of the living God. My blood's still wet on the cross. I paid the price. I've conquered it. And I've come down to take over. Hallelujah. I've come down to take over and to strip you of everything you claim that you had. And he reached on his side and he grabbed the keys of death and of hell off of him and kicked him back into hell where he belonged. He conquered hell, he conquered the grave, and he rose again. He said, what are you scared about then? What are you scared about then? He conquered Satan. He conquered sickness. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered cancer. He conquered every kind of disease. He conquered every spirit in hell. The spirits that you've been dealing with are conquered spirits. The sickness that you've been dealing with is a conquered sickness. Hallelujah. That depression that tries to hold you is a conquered depression. Come on on now, that fear that has tried to grip you day after day after day. I want you to understand this morning, it's a conquered fear. It's a conquered anxiety. It's a conquered pressure. It's a conquered devil. It's a conquered spirit. The devil doesn't have no power. Give me a mic. The devil doesn't have no power this morning. Amen. His power has been stripped. It's a conquered spirit. And that's a conquered microphone. Amen. That devil wants to come in your house. He wants to to torment you night after night after night. You need to realize that's a conquered spirit. Hallelujah. That spirit wants to come at you day after day after day after day. day. You need to remind him you're a conquered. Because the resurrection and the life has conquered you. Listen, if the king of the king of Satan, Satan's kingdom, the king of that kingdom, he conquered him. Lucifer, he conquered him. He took him and he stripped him of every power that he had. Then if the king of that kingdom is conquered, everything under him is conquered. Your depression is conquered. I can't get off of it. Your anxiety is conquered. Those spirits of torment are conquered. Blindness is conquered. Oh, yeah. Deafness is conquered. Sugar diabetes is conquered. Oh, yeah. High blood pressure is conquered. Every spirit in hell this morning is conquered. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Cancer is conquered. Oh, yeah. You are dealing with a defeated enemy. You are defeated of with a defeated enemy because the word of God has spoken. And it's thus saith the Lord. How do you know he's conquered? Because he went from there to paradise. And Ezekiel said, There he is. That's the same one that fought for me. Yes, Daniel said, there he is. That's the same one that coming in that lion's den I was telling you about. Abraham said, yep, that's him. He's the same one that met me under a tree. He's the same one that met me after a battle going back to get Lot and his wife. That is the same one. Joshua said, yep, yeah, that's the same one. And he's the same one in the building this morning. So what is the church scared about? He conquered Satan. He conquered sickness. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He's on his road out. Remember, there's some more faithful ones he went to. And we went through them just now real quickly. Job come to the door and said, there's my Redeemer. I saw him back there when the lightning was flashing, and I screamed out, I know my Redeemer lives. And in the last days, I will see him. There he is. Oh, my. The mighty conqueror. As we hear them say, as we hear him say, Come on, children. You were faithful over a few things. Come on. We're going out this morning. He said, may we also hear the same thing. Come on, children. We're going out this morning. You've been in there long enough. Some of you have been bound in fear long enough. Some of you have been bound in anxiety long enough. Some of you have been bound by sicknesses or depression or spirits, whatever it is. Amen. You've been bound long enough. You've been faithful. Now we're coming out. Oh, God, let that be the desire of the church. Let's go higher this morning. Joshua 5 and verse 13, it said, It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him and his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said, thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. That's right. Wow, what, a, what, a, what an answer. <laughs> Nay. But as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship him. Now, no, he worshiped him just as Moses fell at the burning bush and worshiped him. So it wasn't just an angel. Amen. He recognized that to be more than just an angel. Amen. I was an angel of the Lord. Amen. You know, and the, he said, The captain of the Lord host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe. What was it? He was showing. My sword's drawn in my hand. It's not covered up. It's revealed. This is the time of revelation. This is a time of revealing. And the sword, it was representing the word of God for their moment. And that sword was speaking not of their destruction, but of Jericho's destruction. It was speaking that they were going to walk out victorious. He was saying that, amen, as he would come down and declare, I'm not on your side, but you're on my side. And I have the word that'll bring the destruction of Jericho. Now, Jericho is a perfect type of the seals. It's typed out in the Bible. The seven seals are typed out all through the Bible. Jericho was a stronghold. It was the key to the rest of the promised land. And and, and without it coming open, the rest of the land wouldn't be open. And no doubt others had probed at it. They tried to conquer Jericho. They tried to come against it, tried to tear the walls down, but it was sealed. But one day a sword came down, transferred from the angel of the Lord to the hand of Joshua. Amen, a battle plan to bring the walls down. <laughs> Why was so God so concerned? One, it would open up the promised land. Another, he was concerned about those walls because there was a seed of God on the inside. And he'll do whatever it takes to get to that seed. He'll cancel trips. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll take a man, tra- translate him all the way over to somewhere else to minister to one person. My goodness, if we're not living in another book of Acts, I don't know what's happening. A sword came down. Now we know a sword came down in our generation. Brother Brandon would speak about it. He said, I was standing in prayer. This isn't the first time he mentions the, the breach between the seven church ages and the seven seals. He mentions it a couple times afterwards. He said, standing in prayer, something happened. Something fell into my hand. He said, If you don't understand spiritual things, this may seem very strange, but something struck my hand, and when I looked, it was a sword and the handle was made of pearl, the prettiest pearl I've ever seen. The guard was gold. The saber's blade wasn't too long, but it was just razor sharp. Mm-mm-mm. Just right for cutting devil's heads off. Just right for going in there and cutting chains of darkness off of people's hearts. This sword was so sharp in Joshua's day that it would knock the walls of Jericho down except one house. <laughs> the word is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You think the word didn't know where she was at? Come on now, the word knew exactly where she was at, knew exactly what house she was in, what address it was, where she was, what she was doing, and told her, "You get in that house and you stay in that house." Because these walls are going to, that God's going to bring us in here. And if you ain't in that house with that scarlet cord down, amen, you're going to die. But if you do as we have commanded you, you'll live. That sword was so sharp, it would go in between the brick and the mortar and cut it apart, amen, to leave one house standing. He's still the discerner of the hearts. He still knows how to go in to where you're at. You remember when that sword come in to where you was at and begin to cut off the chains of darkness and the spirits that bound you and the things that said you would never be anything and you would never make it and it was impossible, just quit trying, but a sword came in and it began to cut it all off. Amen, what was it? It was the sword of God that's been delivered in this hour. Amen. It was a sword that would cut the seals off a book. Razor sharp, glistening silver, is the prettiest thing i ever seen. And it, hit, and it fit my hand exactly. And I was holding it. And I said, Isn't that pretty? But you know, he said, I was afraid of a sword. I was kind of, I was real glad I didn't live in the days when they used them. I'm the same way. And I thought, What would I do with that? And while I was holding it, a voice spoke and said, This is the king's sword. And then he left me. And I wonder what it meant. That is the king's sword. And I thought if it would have said a king's sword, it might have been that I would have understood it, but it said the king's sword. And I thought the only one, there's only one the king, and that's God. And his sword is this, sharper than a two-edged sword. His word, as we read in Revelation 1.16, he said in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his his strength. Amen. Hebrews 4.12 said the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I want you to understand this morning, we don't have just a sword. We have the king's sword. We don't have just a king's sword. I was over there in France. I saw their swords and the things they were so proud of, held by kings of their day and people that held dominion and reign for just a moment. But we have not been given a sword of some king gone dead long ago, of some perversion of some perverted kingdom. We have been given a sword in this day that is a sword of Almighty God. It is a sword of the king. And that sword has been brought down not for our destruction but that the walls that it bound you and the walls of things that hold you might crumble around you. Amen. Hallelujah. He said there's a sharp two-edged sword piercing, even dividing asunder the soul and spirit of the joints and marble. Well, you know what it feels like for that sword to come on you. Reach right in there and discern your heart. Oh, I know. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Now, in Joshua's day, they was fighting a physical enemy. So it'd come down in the hand of a man. But now he's saying it's in his mouth. Because we don't fight a physical enemy. It'd be really easy sometimes if you could see a devil and grab a sword and go cut his head off. Go fight. But with us, sometimes it's just these icky, icky, Little things that comes around. And thoughts begin to come to our mind. Fear begins to take over us. And we begin to wilt. And we don't even recognize before too long. It's a devil. It's a spirit that's attacking you. You've been under attack. You've been going through things night after night after night. Spirits haunting you. But there's a sword. And it's not just a sword. It's the king's sword. We're not talking about just any man's word. We're not preaching any man's word. This was, this was signifying a word that was coming down to open up the seals, to open up the book so we could understand what God was doing through seven church ages. We can understand his love and mercy and his grace, how he was orchestrating things, how he's going to be. How, and Brother Brown said when those things opened to him, he said the Bible became a new book. It opened the rest of the promised land. Hallelujah. And this is what he's saying here. And, but in Revelations 19, 11, it said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Amen. Oh, yeah. Here we go again. He is a Lord, a man of war and his eyes were flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies which are in heaven followed him upon a white horse clothed in fine linen, white and clean and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he would smite the nations. He would rule them with the rod of iron. He would tread upon the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's still King of Kings. He's still Lord of Lords. Well, that's what you need to do is look at when you see your problem before you, say he's still King. He's still Lord. You're still conquered. Devil, you're still conquered. It ain't changed just because he's not here as far as visibly, and sometimes we can't see him, sometimes we can't see him. That don't mean he ain't working. That don't mean he ain't moving. That ain't mean he ain't orchestrating things on your behalf and behind the scene pushing buttons, pulling cords, doing whatever he's got to do to make sure you make it. Right. That's right. Mercy. When he comes, that word will come against all nations. All men and none will be able to stand against it. They may make Goliath, these social gospelites and Goliaths, intellectual giants, might be making a bunch of noise and raising their voices and screaming. It ain't so. God don't do, do anything like that anymore. You know, there's no more prayer lines. There's no more altar calls. There's no more this. This is where, we're, this is where things are trying to go. But this is where he's at. He said it will reveal what was in every heart as he did Nathaniel. The word of God will show who did the will of God and who didn't. It'll make known the secret works of every man and why he did them. It will divide asunder. That's why it says in Romans 2:3, Oh, thinkest thou this O man that judges them, which does such thing and does not the same that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Then it goes on to say how God is going to judge men. It, its hard, impotent heart will be judged. The works will be judged. The motives will be judged. There won't be any respect before God, but all will be judged by the Word. No one escaping it. Those who heard and wouldn't listen will be judged by what they heard. Those who rested in it saying they believed it but didn't live it will be judged. Every seeker will come out in the open and be shouted from the housetops. Oh, we, really, we will really understand history then. There won't be a mystery left from all the ages. He said, but how do you know? How how do you know he's revealing the heart secrets of men and women in the age in which we're living? Who else could reveal the secrets of the heart but the word himself? This is what blows my mind when you you hear the things that went on in our generation and people don't know who that was. It was God speaking through a man. Only God can know your address, know exactly the day you moved. Know exactly what's going on. You can read it time after time, never miss. Amen. Why? The word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than two-edged sword. What is? It? it is the word. It was performing. It was performing whereunto it was sent. For the word, for it, the word is full of power full of power. It's the same spirit that was in Jesus that's present again in the church in this last days as a last sign trying to head the people off from judgment for they that re- reject him, the word, are now ready to come into judgment crucifying himself for afre- crucifying him fresh again. He said, but now Paul said that the word came in power as well as voice. The word preached actually demonstrates itself. How many has witnessed that? The word preached demonstrates itself. Demonstrations, healing, salvation, cutting us loose from complexes, spirits of torment. What is it? The word going forth demonstrating. Like a flaming cutting sword, it goes to the conscience of men like a surgeon's knife to cut out diseases and set captives free. Everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the gospel of God, confirming the word with signs following it. The sick were healed. The devils were cast out. They spoke in new tongues. That was the word in action. And if you have any other gospel, you don't have the word in action. The word, listen to this, the word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. Amen. And in this last age, it's here stronger yes. and greater than ever. Amen. I don't want to pump some courage into our hearts this morning. To face our adversaries. Yes. This word is greater than than stronger and ever in the true word bride. So what has happened? This word has been transferred from an angel to a prophet to a people. Amen. In Joshua, it was transferred to Joshua, but at some point it was to be transferred to the people. We can read about it in Joshua 6 and verse 1. He says, now Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel, none went out and none come in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, you reckon, you reckon Satan was scared? Oh yeah. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given unto thee, thy, unto thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. So I've given you everything. No matter where your feet trod, that's your possession. I have given you everything. This is a promise that came from Abraham down through Israel, to Jacob, Israel, all the way down to Moses, and then to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And he's telling him, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you what's in it. I'm going to give you all of it. And ye shall compass the city, all you men of war, and go about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark. Now notice seven trumpets of ram's horn. Now notice how quick closely these things are tied together. And seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast from the ram's horns. This is the word. This is the sword that's being transferred to Joshua. Amen. And won't you follow? And when they made a long blast with the ram's horn, when they hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. So sooner or later, it's going to go from the angel to Joshua to the people. Amen. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall sin upon every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said, "Take up the ark of the covenant. Let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord." And he said unto the people, "Pass on and compass the city, and let him that is armed pass before the ark of the Lord." And it came to pass that Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn passed before the Lord and blew the trumpets in the ark. of the Lord, oh, coming to the Lord, follow them. And the armed men went, and all the ones rearward from the ark, the priests going on, blowing with trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise while your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then ye shall shout. Oh, hallelujah. On that day, you will speak to your mountain and your mountain will obey your voice. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. What was it? Seven times around, and on the seventh day, seven times around, and at that last moment, shout. In that seventh age or that seventh time, there was a transfer that took place from a prophet to a people. That we have a voice, and it's not our voice, but it's the voice of the resurrection speaking inside of us. We have a voice that I call them from the grave. We have a voice that I call our children back. We have a voice that I speak and the bear and give life. We have a voice. That'll speak to cancer and it'll have to go. We have a voice that'll say there'd be so much money and it was. We have a voice that says build a church and we did. And let me tell you, he's still the God of miracles. He's been through us, with us through every step of the journey. Look around. He's been with us. And even this week, we're meeting with a group that's taken over the, over the uh, graveyard, and they're buying our old church buildings from us, Amen. giving us money. <laughs> Enough that we'll be able to finish that building over there debt free. Do we have a voice in our in our church? Amen. Amen. Ain't the voice of man; it's the voice of resurrection. Right. Hallelujah. And Joshua, on the seventh day, Joshua rose early in the morning. The priests took up up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpet. And the armed men went before them. But rearward came the ark of the Lord and priests going on blowing the ark. Second day all the way down. Seventh day, they rose early, the dawning of the day. It is the rising of the sun. The dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. And on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpet. Joshua said unto the people, Shout! Amen. Shout! For the Lord hath given you the city. Amen. Last Wednesday we heard he was defending the city, but today today we're hearing he's giving you the city. He's giving you your inheritance. He's giving you your healing. He's giving you your deliverance. He's giving you your promise. He's giving you your children. He's giving you all the things that you have desired and so much more, even so great that he does it beyond what we can ever imagine or think, more abundantly beyond our hand comprehension. He's giving it to you. He's laid it there before you, and he's saying, Speak. Speak the word of God and see if I don't back it up. Oh, glory to God. It came so strong to me this week that we have to be a people that's willing to speak. Quit cowering down. Quit saying, Well, I'll just live with it another day. Quit saying it's just going to be another night with a frog. We ain't Pharaoh. Hello, and we ain't no descendant of Pharaoh. We are descendant of Abraham. And the God who gave them the city is going to give you the city. He's going to give you your joy. He's going to give you your happiness. He's going to give you your peace. He's going to give you your healing. He said, I'm going to make you the head, not the tail. I'm going to make you from above and not from beneath. That is his promise. That is his word. Now, you have to speak. You have to open your voice and speak and let God back it up. Amen. God will perform what he said he would do. Amen. This city shall be accursed, but only Rahab, the harlot, shall live. And he goes on and gives them the rest of the command. Verse 20, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell flat. So that the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed it. Amen. Now let's look at the type. Let's look at now to our place. Revelation 5 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel. Oh, yes. A mighty angel, one ready for battle, proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven nor in earth, neither on the earth was able to open the book, neither looked thereon, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. But one of the elders said unto me, We've not the time for weeping is over because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. This prevailed, it means he has conquered. He's carried it off to victory. He is victorious. Oh, Hallelujah. Amen. It's it. He says again in verse 6, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb that had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God. So here it is again, seven horns, ram's horns. The same seven horns as it were and there it went around Jericho. It's once again around this word of God, seven horns. This horn is as, as a protrusion. Amen. It's a symbol of strength. It's a symbol of courage. It's a symbol of a mighty and violent helper is on your side. Amen. Hallelujah. And he is the author of deliverance. Yes, Glory to God. Amen. You might have met the author of defeat and the author of failure and the author of sickness and the author of trouble, but in the building this morning is the author of deliverance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's got a ram's horn, and that horn is beating against your enemy. Back off from God's property. Take your hands off of God's property. It is a protrusion. It is a Lord. He's a man of war, and he's fighting your battles. He's fighting your high blood pressure. He's fighting your sugar diabetes. You ask why I keep mentioning that because sugar di- or high blood pressure is in my house and I'm sick and tired of him. But there's a ram's horn in the building this morning that'll stand between you and your enemy. It's a battering ram and it's hidden against the gates of hell. Give way to the name of Jesus. Give way to the name of Jesus. Give way. There might be walls around your children, but there's a ram's horn saying, give way to the name of Jesus. Give way to the name of Jesus. There might be a wall around your depression, but there's a ram's horn saying, give way, give way, give way to the name of Jesus. And I heard a shout and the halls of hell began to pop. And plaster begin to come off. Bars begin to fly. Why? Because there's a word that's been transferred from an angel to a people. Hallelujah. Are you a people that's heard the word of God? If I was you this morning, I would take a few moments and speak to your wall. Say, wall, you're coming down in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a ram's horn here for you and it's pushing and it's pushing and hell will give way to the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Barren will give way to the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, speak it this morning. There's nothing. Neither present nor things that come that can stand before the people of God. He's the author of deliverance. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just lift our hands and praise Him for a moment. Formed against you, will prosper. Hallelujah. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Showing there was one for every age. And four anointings against the four spirits of, of hell that would torment time after time. There was a ram's horn to batter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness said in Revelation 3 and verse 21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That is the same word as prevail. It's the same word to be carried off in victory. Amen. Oh, my God. I think that went right over our heads. There's a people in Laodicea that's going to be carried off in victory. Right. Yeah. Picked up by the single anointing the Spirit of God for this age to pick us up over the things that we can't handle, over our doubts and our struggles and the spirits that have haunted us night after night after night. I'm here against that devil. Not am I just against him. The God of heaven is against that devil. There's somebody here this morning that's been tormented day after day after day. Come on now. You're coming out of it. Out of it. The walls are coming down. It's time you rejoice in the things of God. That thing that's held you in fear, held you in bondage. It's time you look at it and say, You're a conquered devil. You're a conquered foe. You're coming down in the name of Jesus Christ. At the name of Jesus, every devil has to flee. Oh! Oh! be a shout of the king in the camp this morning. It's not just us. The king is here. It's just not me. The king is here. He's healing. He's delivering right now. Hallelujah. Victorious. You're going to be carried off in victory. Victorious over every foe. This is speaking of Christians that hold their faith all the way down against the powers of their foes, against temptations, against persecutions to win the case. Oh, hallelujah. This is what he said, to him that overcometh. Your case is won. Hallelujah. Revelation 5, said, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne was four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb that had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. Is there enough for you? Yes. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne, and when he took the book... The four beasts and four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book. Oh, hallelujah. 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 To open the seals thereof, for thou was slain. Oh, when you see this lamb was slain for you, you'll begin to sing a new song. You may have sung the song of depression, sung the song of defeat, sung the song that I'm going down to a sinner's grave and a devil's hell, but when you realize this lamb died for me. This lamb took the sword and it cut off the head of Satan on my behalf. You'll sing a new song. All of a sudden, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory is mine. The devil thought he had me, but he lost me. The devil thought he had one. He thought he was going down to take me to hell, but the Spirit of God picked me up. Yeah. Hallelujah. A new song. My Lord is a mighty man of war. My God fights my battles. I'm not in this battle alone. There's a God here for me. and has redeemed us out of every kindred. Oh, glory to God. Tongue, people, nation. And has made unto us, unto our God, kings, priests, that we shall reign more than conquerors. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and look at these angels. We heard about them Wednesday night. And the beast and the elder And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands. In other words, John said, I couldn't count them. It was an innumerable number. I couldn't even give an estimation to it. It was too far beyond what I could even come up with. a number, this is the best I can do, a 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Aren't like you, Church of Christ members, with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That was the elders. That was the beast. But then every creature which was in heaven, on earth, unto the earth, such as we're in the sea, all that are in there, heard I say, oh, who does John represent? You. Yeah. Heard I say, blessing and honor and glory, come on, Bride, and power be unto thy name that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever and ever, and the four beasts said, amen. Oh, hallelujah. If we can let some worship to go this morning, praising our King who has all honor, blessing, glory, and power, we'll hear heaven say amen. amen. serving that devil long enough. Right now, I hear a trumpet sounding. It's a sound of jubilee. It's a sound of angel armies. It's a rustling in the mulberry tree. It's time to go take back what the enemy has stolen from you. It's time to take back the blessings of God, the glory of God, the honor of God, the power of God, and say, it's mine. Oh, my, we just got to worship. iniquity. He's pushing against that sickness. He's pushing against that sorrow. He's pushing against that fear. He's pushing against that. Come on now. You're not pushing by yourself. There's somebody with you. There's angel armies. My God fights for me. It's what the word Joshua means. Jesus, save your deliverer. Yeah! is yours. I need deliverance. The promise is yours. I need these things that God has for. The promise is yours. I come. You need to excel Satan right now. Give it back. Hand it over. I come in the name of the Lord, the possessor of heaven and earth, and I am his heir. Give it back. You took my child. You took my boy. I claim my children. I Family. Satan, you coached them out of the house of the Lord, but I'm coming to get them. Oh, I'm an heir to all things. It was given to me. I claim everything. It's mine. Something you've done? No. It's an unmerited gift that God gave me. Satan cannot hold it if you go to him with the sword of the word and say, Satan, you lay it down, it's mine, you took it from me, give it back. I'm serving notice on you this morning. I've got a written notice right here. Heavens and earth won't pass away, but this notice will not pass away. I come to this notice to serve you, Satan, this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, whatever I ask of Father in his name, he'll give it. And if I say this mountain, be moved and don't doubt my heart, but believe what I said should be done, I can have it. Lay it down. I am a believer. Musicians can come. Just don't quit worshiping him. Don't quit worshiping him. Maybe you're like those on that road of Emmaus he made to go on, but you want to call him into your house. Say, come right here, Jesus. I need you right here for a moment. And he'll begin to break bread. I think he's broke some bread this morning to let you know you don't have to be a trodden down somebody. You are the king's child. Hallelujah. You are the king's child. And as the king's child, the king has decree over your life. And he took that devil in the eye and says, take your hands off. Oh, let's just praise him. Let's just magnify him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You need to look Satan in the face and say, you're a robber. But I've come to possess what Jesus Christ has given me. Hand it back get out of my way." And the first thing you know, when you speak, the Holy Ghost will follow behind you. Something will happen. God's vindicated to keep his word. If he don't keep his word, he's not God. So, if you have a Holy Ghost this morning and you feel the unction inside of you, don't hold back. Begin to speak to your mountain and the Holy Ghost will follow those words and that mountain begin to crumble. That's exactly what happened is they would begin to shout. What was it? It was a supernatural realm behind them that followed that shout and knocked walls down. I'm looking this morning, there's walls coming down. Fear is coming down. Anxiety is coming down. Spirits are falling. And there's believers running into the house of God. It's mine. I'm taking it back. I got it. It's mine. We take your hands off of God's property.